Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C., and today one of my favorite guests is back, Greg Oliar. He is the author of Dirty Rubles. He writes the blog on the substack called Prevail, so we're definitely going to get into it. But before we do, I'd like to remind everybody initially that I am now an Amazon associate, and I'm always going to include the link in the text description of this show on Patreon. When you shop on Amazon, please use that link. I am a participant in the Amazon Services Associates program, and as an Amazon associate, I earn from qualifying purchases. So if you could use that link, that would be super duper cool. Okay, so couple things. Uh, I was supposed to do a show on Monday and it had to be canceled. You guys were really understanding and it's so sweet. Thank you. Oh my God. Thank you. Uh, it was just, it was just a misunderstanding and a glitch. So I think what I was, I, I did say that I might make it up to you later in, in the month. I think this is what I'm going to do. I forgot to take Labor Day off. I forgot it was even Labor Day. So I'm just going to pretend that that was the day I took off for Labor Day and I'm not making any shows up because I'm pretty busy this month. So that's how we're going to play that one. And thank you for understanding. (laughs) And the guest that I'm pretty sure the guest that it was booked will probably come back, but I'm just, I'm not going to get into that right now. So anyway, I'm also going to, I'm going to make this announcement that I'm going to change things up and it's going to start next month. And here's how it goes. And, and, you know, I'll I'll describe the tiers and everything I do in a second, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to change, no, I know what I'm going to do, is I'm going to change it up to where I, my show goes like this. I record this out, this intro, and I say a bunch of stuff. I tell you about how you can become a patron and all that, and then I get into the, the main discussion of the show or the interview, and then I have an outro. And usually in the outro, I say... And I just realized I forgot to tell everybody to find me on Twitter. So I'm going to do that right now. Author Kimberly on Twitter. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I usually will, you know, give a little bit of my thoughts on the interview or the conversation. I might add some, you know, something else, whether it's a personal experience or something that's going on in my life or another thing we didn't get to on the show. I usually add something else. And then I end it with you can find me on Twitter and et cetera. So as I said today, I forgot to do that because I, I, I like I'm having such a hard time concentrating because all the news is driving me fucking nuts. I'm in an okay mood, but I'm just like, everything's happening so quickly. It's hard for me to concentrate. So I'm going to, from now on in, in November, I am only going to be like, you know, I'm going to say goodbye to the person that I'm talking to. I'm going to end the show right there and say, you can find me on Twitter, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm going to end, but I'm going to record like like what I usually do, I'm going to, I'm going to add my two cents for patrons only. So I'll share my thoughts on whatever the discussion was. I will 
talk about whatever it is that I feel like talking about. It won't be a long show. It's not going to be like a whole nother show. It could be anywhere from 15, 15 minutes to 30 minutes. It's not going to be long. But I'm going to add that in the $5 tier. So just keep that in mind when I get into it in a second about how we do things here. So that just keep, I'm going to do that starting in November. So there's that. And of course, who tonight is the debate with Kamala and Mike Pence. Who that's going to be hardcore. I definitely want people to stick around for this show because, and if you're here, you probably are. But I had a dream in 2015 and I, I go over this dream again and I think it's prescient. And I think, I don't know, it, it's kind of weird because I, it's weird to have like a dream that you think is psychic, but I talk about it with Greg. And if you follow me on Twitter, you probably know it. And I've probably talked about this dream before, but just stay tuned for it because it's kind of freaking me out. Anyway, uh, so the Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast and it's supported by listeners only. It's woman run. I don't use corporate backers. I don't have advertisers, at least not right now. So everybody, you know, who supports the show is basically keeping the show going. And, and of course, I appreciate it and I'm grateful for it because I love doing it. And if you enjoy today's show, just take a look at the front page of my Patreon. You will see some of my past guests. You will see that most of the time I focused on politics, but every once in a while I interview people who are actors because I used to be an actor. And I will sometimes solely focus on their craft, but, you know... Politics usually kind of gets in there, but politics is the main gist of my show. And check out some of my past guests. I've talked to some really cool people. Mary Trump. I've talked to Glenn Kirshner, Alyssa Milano, Charlotte Clymer. I've just talked to some really cool people. So take a look at the tiers that I have to become a patron. And the way that it works is I do two free shows, Monday and Wednesday, and then I do two patrons-only shows every month. The first patrons only show of the month will be $4 or less. If you are a patron for one to $4, you will get that show. If you are a patron for $5 or more, you get both shows. If that makes sense. Hopefully I've just made sense. So I do two free shows every week. I do two patrons only shows per month. The first patrons only show you will get that if you are a patron for $4 or less. You will get the second one if you are a patron for $5 or more. And adding on to that, you will also, $5 tier patrons are also going to get the outros to every show. I don't know if I'm going to come, like I know Bob Seska calls his postmortem, but mine's going to be a little different about that. I mean, I'm not going to do, ex I'm not, it's just not going to be like an ongoing part of the show. It's going to be me kind of wrapping things up, adding my personal this and that or whatever, you know, whatever I feel like talking about and then a little commentary on the discussion that was just had. So FYI, you can keep that in mind. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash start me up. And like I said, take a look at the tiers. If you, if you click on the $2 tier, you're like, Hey, I don't, I, mean, I want to give her $16. You can change the $2 tier into $16. And I have like six or seven tiers. So you can check out what I already have. You can turn the dollar amount into any amount you would like. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's patreon.com slash start me up. And the other thing you can do is if you sign up for, say, two or three or four dollars, you can always upgrade later if that's what you want to do. You can also make a one time donation. I have the my email address in every show of the Patreon description. So you can just go there and use that for uh, PayPal. 
And last, you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just go to iTunes, which is like the app that takes you to Apple Podcasts, and please become a subscriber for free. It's free. Please. And then while you're there, just give me a rating. Oh, my God. First of all, thank you. Everybody's doing it. Like every time I check, there's a new rating. Thank you. And also while you're there, just give a review. One sentence is all I need. One sentence. So that's it. Please enjoy my conversation with Greg Oliar. Welcome back to the show, Greg. Thanks for having me. And uh, you've had such a such a run of super duper big name <laughs> guests lately. I'm, I'm frankly surprised that I'm, I still make the cut. Oh, so shut up. I'm First of all, uh, you know, I, I think uh, my most popular interview ever was Noel Kasler. And I can't remember what it was that led me to invite him, but it might have been one of your articles because you interviewed him. And so yeah, I, I interviewed would, him pretty early on. Yeah. I think there wasn't much there yet when he, he agreed to do it. And, huh. uh, you know, he's, and he's fantastic. Yeah, he's, he really, is. he's so funny and he's so, he knows so much stuff and he's so nice and, yeah. um, you know, just lays it all out and it makes you think, my God, we've, this guy has been saying this for four years. Yeah. Where has everybody been? Yeah. Well, yeah. uh, thank you for the compliment. And you know who I, I think I, I did talk to you about, interviewing mary trump once and it was funny yeah. how it came about because i i at first i was afraid because i was like oh my god it's a trump and i'm gonna be on trump's radar and then i just felt like well everybody's talking to her i don't know what new new thing to ask her and then i found out that she listens to my boyfriend's thursday podcast with they're called the goth ninjas it's jody hamilton and david ferguson and my boyfriend and so you know, when, when Bob heard that she listened to his show, he was like, well, I got to have her on now. And so, you know, and then I thought, well, if he's having her on, I've got to have her on. <laughs> and so then I had her there on. There you go. I mean, I think, you know, it's a wonderful get and good interview and yeah. Yeah. So, thanks. Uh, well, it's fun. I do enjoy it. So, but you know, I have to say, I've been looking forward to talking to you because you are one of my favorite, I don't know if you call it co-hosts, but conversationalists. I love your takes. And so let's just jump right in because shit's fucking crazy right now. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. It, it, for, for me, I, I, I want to just say it became, it's, all, it's been crazy for, for years. Of course, yes. And we knew going into the last month that the last month was going to be nuts, right? Uh, Before yeah. the election. We knew this. Yes. When he got in in the back of the the, uh, the Secret Service SUV mm. and was waving like a toddler yeah. at his MAGA idiots, <laughs> I, that that that's just a whole different uh, yeah. Nobody could know, have nobody a whole could different have, yeah. level of, of crazy. Right. Me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Sorry. It, it just Yeah. <laughs> well, you know the okay, let's just back up. On <laughs> Thursday night. So, first of all, we've got two Sundays ago, we hear that Trump only paid $750 in federal taxes for two years in a row, 2016-17. And then we heard there was more dumps coming, which we don't we haven't seen those yet. Uh, from the New York Times about his taxes specifically. Then we see there's the video of Melania talking about she doesn't want to put up fucking Christmas decorations and talking about how the kids at the border have it, you know, better than they would have had at home, which was really lovely of her. And then and then all of a sudden, uh, who was it? Somebody had COVID that night. I can't even remember. It was somebody that Thursday night diagnosed. I mean, with, Hope, Hope Hicks. Was Hope Hicks, thank you. Yeah. Okay, so it was Hope Hicks. Go to bed. I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. And have to go to the bathroom because I always do. And stupid me, 
checks my phone. I always do that. <laughs> and, and then I see Trump has announced he's, he and Melania have tested positive and I couldn't sleep. And all I kept thinking was, I don't believe him. I don't believe him. I don't believe him. And sure. then, you know, yeah. and then, of course, later, I, I believe him. And now I believe him. And, you know, for a, little, for a few minutes, I was like, I don't know now, because when he seemed fine and he went home and all that, I was like, I don't know, does he? But I, I'm convinced he actually does have it now. So uh, it's, I think what's happening, and I mean, I, I'll see what your take is, but I think what's happening, and this seems to be the consensus from people who, who also believe that he's sick, because some people don't, which is, even though some, some of them drive me nuts, it's understandable because nobody knows what to believe. We've been gaslit for so long, and con- right. he's confusing us. So I think that's really the thing we have to focus on, is the fact that we're all trying to figure this out. But it seems like he's really sick, and he is deciding how much medication he needs and telling his doctors and they basically have to obey. And, and here's my thing. Now in 2015, I had a dream and it was before Trump ever announced, but I had this dream that my, like my living room in my living room was very high ceiling. So there was a, an elephant's head, but it was gigantic, much bigger than an actual elephant's head. It was gasping for breath and then died. Interesting. I just realized gasping for breath. Oh my God. Okay. Mm. So this was before Trump came along, but it was like laying there with labored breathing and then it died. And then I remember thinking in the dream, how the hell am I going to get this elephant head out of my living room? The only way to do it would be to take the ceiling off and lift it out or to chop it up in many different pieces. So when I woke up from that dream, I initially freaked out because I didn't think in terms of GOP. I was thinking in terms of like elephants are these benevolent, beautiful, wonderful creatures and loving. And like, does that mean someone I love is going to die? And then I kind of thought, I think maybe it represents the GOP. So this dream has come back into my mind occasionally throughout Trump years. And the other day when I when I really realized he was sick, I think it was that Saturday, I remembered that dream. And I thought, oh, my God, he is literally the head of the GOP. And he also has a big head, like literally, uh, literally and figuratively, he has a big head. And the, the idea is that at least when I when I was analyzing it, I thought, OK, so if it's the GOP, whether wherever it's the GOP or his head or whatever, when it dies, we're going to have this huge mess to clean up. And I think I dreamed that it was in my living room because it's politics and it, it affects our, it's the kitchen table. It's the living room. It's our lives. And so I just, you know, I wonder, I think right now Trump is on a path to death. I think he might die from COVID because he's not listening to his doctors. He's, he's doing whatever the fuck he wants. I mean, I don't know if he's going to die before the election, um, and I'm not saying I want him to die because I kind of I would love for him to be alive to see that he gets creamed in the election. But I mean, I think I think that he's really much sicker and I think that he's abusing these medications and I don't think it's good. What do you think? First of all, um, do you dream about stock tips? And do you have any? <laughs> this is the um, only dream I've ever had that may be a prescient dream. <laughs> I, I, I do believe and, and as much as we want to get scientific about stuff, I really do believe that especially with the suckers and losers comment that Trump has activated something mm-hmm. in, on the other side mm-hmm. and that the forces that be over there are like, okay, enough. We're awakened now. We've been summoned. Mm-hmm. We don't like this guy. Um, I, I, I even feel like, like, um, you know, when Chadwick Boseman died, it conjured up images of black Panther going to the other side mm-hmm. and calling on his ancestors for help and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I so, so I, I, you know, normally we like to keep this about, 
you know, objectivity and science, mm-hmm. but I got to say, I'm, I'm down with, uh, with the metaphysical right now. It just feels <laughs> that way to me. Yeah. Um, so let's go one by one with what you said. First, the natural reaction to hearing the news is to doubt it yes. because every fucking thing mm-hmm. these people have said for four years is a lie. Mm-hmm. They lie about everything all the time. So you think, okay, they're lying about this. They're going to create a narrative where he beats it and he mm-hmm. comes out and he's the strong man and tra la la. That's, that's what you should believe. Right. Unless you know damn well that, that it's, you know, if you, if you different evidence, mm-hmm. right? Right. So it's completely fine. And I think, I think all intelligent people had that response. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Anybody that's been following this closely would have that response. But as we've seen, there's no way that he was faking it and all these people around them are getting sick. Exactly. And at first, you know, my first reaction was this motherfucker mm-hmm. had COVID and went to that goddamn debate. And I remember watching mm-hmm. that debate and thinking, please, God, don't let them shake hands. Yeah. I don't want Joe Biden to shake this guy's hand. Right. And they didn't. And Chris Wallace mentioned that. And thank God, because all I care about right now is Biden, you know, in yeah. terms of the COVID stuff. And now tonight, Kamala with Pence, who probably also has it um, because he's been in close proximity with all I these know. people. Um, Anyway, then you go through and you kind of construct the timeline. Mm-hmm. And first, it seemed like it was going to be the AV, uh, the Amy COVID uh, Barrett, little, <laughs> Amy you know, Barrett. thing that they had on the, <laughs> at the Rose Garden. Um, that it was that, but apparently it was even before that, and that Trump himself appears to have been the guy spreading the, the disease to mm-hmm. everybody because he. I, I, Ronna McDaniel Romney, whatever her name is, she had it initially mm-hmm. and she got it from a, a family member. Mm-hmm. And then he's gone to all these events. Jake Tapper has it on his timeline. Now, yeah, I Twitter. saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So it sort of traces it. And Trump is the through line. And the guy, he doesn't get tested, okay, mm-hmm. for the thing every day because his nose is messed up because of all the coke he's done per <laughs> Noel Kassler. And okay, Adderall. He's got a septum problem mm-hmm. that affects his nose. So he doesn't want people jamming shit up his nose. Mm-hmm. And the doctors there were wow. like, okay, well, maybe if we okay. test everyone around him, we'll be okay. But it doesn't work that way, yeah. right? So now he's got it. He doesn't listen to anything anybody tells him. He's completely impetuous, and he, he's an infant. And he's running around, literally getting everybody sick, mm-hmm. and they haven't done anything about yeah, it. They, and yeah. they—it's—it's—it's it's, it's insane. Like, okay, I get up until now, Mike Pence. Okay, I get it that you're just going to stand by the guy, but now is the time. Yeah, <laughs> the twenty-fifth. You know, yeah. it doesn't mean he's gone forever. Mm-hmm. He can just be like, okay, for the two weeks that I'm getting treated, Pence is in charge. Mm-hmm. But it needs to happen because this is not. not then you go into the, all the medications and you're trying to read the tea leaves. You can't listen to that doctor who looks like he's 15 that Trump found somewhere. Um, <laughs> perhaps the same mail order catalog at which he purchases his wives. I don't know. Um, you can't listen to that guy. He knows nothing. There's a bunch of disinformation. So you go onto medical Twitter and everybody talking about, okay, here are <laughs> the drugs Twitter. he takes. Right, you know, right. That DEXA, whatever Dexa it is, is a, is a steroid. And yes. it's not, it's not, given only to serious cases, but it's given to people who have stuff going on. Yeah. In fact, my, my wife who, who had cancer two years ago, uh, took some of that w- during chemo, uh, for whatever reason, but we actually had some left and she's like, look, I have this stuff. <laughs> wow. And what it does is what it does is it makes me, it makes you really, really uh, jittery, you know, hmm. it increases your, um, you know, Great. waking, whatever it is yeah. and gives you energy. But then when it wears off, you crash really, really, really hard. And, it represses your immune system dramatically. Interesting. Right? So those are the effects. Now, Trump is clearly 
what I think is happening, and I have no way of knowing any more than anybody else, yeah. I think that he's able to function in these little bursts of right. energy. And when yeah. he has the bursts of energy caused by this Dex stuff that he's taking, mm-hmm. that's when they shoot these videos and mm, right. you know convey him around and this and that. And the rest of the time, he's just sitting there or, or lying there or whatever he's doing. Now, the other point that I think it's important to make is this is not – somebody going, you know, me going from a hospital to my house. Mm -hmm. This is basically Trump going from the White House, which has a medical staff and medical facilities right Mm -hmm. there on it, to a hospital that's, that's, you know, just for him, vacating the White House so the White House can then be, you know, filled up with whatever more gear they need, Mm -hmm. and then going back to the White House, which has now become a medical facility. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that they need fancy stuff for this. They need a ventilator. Mm -hmm. Ventilator's not that big. Mm -hmm. So, He's he's going from one hospital to another. So mm-hmm. this idea of uh, he's he's discharged. No, you're not discharged. You've got 25 doctors around mm-hmm. you, and and you're you're next to a ventilator. We haven't seen you mm-hmm. except on these weird, creepy Bin Laden kind of videos for the last <laughs> week, right? So, um, and then people were like, "What about the stock market and the panic? What panic? You know, what, what, the yeah. panic is gone now that the stocks are fine because um, until his announcement yesterday, right. the stocks were fine because investors are like, oh, Biden's going to win. He's going to win easily. Mm-hmm. That ensures a, a smooth transition. We're cool. Mm-hmm. You know, even the stock market has turned on him. They don't want this guy around. Nobody wants him around anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think he hasn't even grokked. Even his son, yeah. da, uh, Jr., is yeah. like, oh, my God, dad's acting crazy. And, of course, Ivanka and Jared, well, who have – there, he's made fine. every wrong decision for four years or like, oh, no, he's projecting strength. Yeah. Like, OK, that's what you call it. Fine. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, if he if and, and also, I mean, you, you, you brought up this point before. I don't want to sp- I don't want to get morbid here. But like if you look at the actuarial tables, you take all of these people. You've got Trump. You've got Melania. You've got Kellyanne Conway. You've got Stephen Miller. You've got Chris Christie. You've got, um, who am I missing? Kaylee McEnany. You've got Hope Hicks. You've got a bunch of people that I'm not even. Con- did that you say Kellyanne Conway? Three senators, and Ron Kelly Johnson and, and Mike Lee and uh, the one from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. All of these people. That's a lot of people. Probably Bill Barr. Yeah. I mean, Giuliani sort of hinted right. at that. We don't know. Um, but we don't know about Pence. We don't know about the, the Stephen Miller's white. You know, all yeah. of this kind of stuff. Statistically, not all of these people are going to survive if you just go by basic. Yeah, math. I know. I was thinking the it's, same thing. I mean, it's 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 you know, someone's going to someone's most people live, but someone you know, there's 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 that certain amount of number. I don't know what the percentage is of people who die, but there is a percentage, and someone will. I mean, you look at Bill Barr, and yeah, what Julian, what what I got from Giuliani yesterday was that. It almost like I don't I don't know if he slipped in that saying it wrong or slipped and let it and revealed it accidentally. But he was going down the list of people who had it and named Bill Barr. And so I, I don't know if that was a mistake, meaning like he, that Bill Barr doesn't have it. And he mistakenly said he had it or he, right. he had it and mistakenly admitted it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But if um, Bill Barr has it, which he was, you know, Kellyanne Conway was all up in his ear and, you know, like talking right in his face and all that, all that germ was going right up his nose, you know? So, I mean, there's a good chance he has it and he doesn't look very healthy. 
So <laughs> no, is and I wonder is like is is evil a comorbidity? I don't know. I think it's worth pers- worth thinking about. You know, um, um, I want to go back one thing though with Ivanka. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, because Noel Kassler had said, and then even Mary Trump agreed with this that. Ivanka is most like the grandfather, Trump's father, out of all the kids. So it's interesting to me that she's the, because, you know, he's known for his toxic positivity. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of what she's doing. She's taking on that toxic positivity. No, dad's great. Relentless. She put relentless in all capitals with a picture of him, you know, signing a blank piece of paper. Right. So I think that's part of it is that it's, I think that she is very much like the grandfather. And I think, I don't even know what they're thinking as far as does it benefit him if he stays alive? Does it benefit them if he's not there? But those kids are very transactional and it just, it's, I don't, you know, maybe, maybe junior is genuinely worried about him. I think, I think of all of them, well, Forget Eric, but, you know, out of the two, <laughs> I, I think that Junior needs him. Ivanka is smarter than her father. And yes. she can handle herself, in a like, but not Junior. Junior's not smarter than his father. Junior is very much like his father, and he needs his father, I think. So I think that's why maybe he's genuinely worried. I'm just guessing, but it just seems to me that that would be where the concern came from because it's very clear. You know, I mean, the, the idea is that Junior was upset uh, and, and Noel said this too, that Junior was upset at his father because basically he raped Ivana. And she she said that in a te- in testimony. She had to erase it because she wanted, um, or not erase it, but I mean she had to strike it from the record because she wanted to get a certain amount of child support or whatever it was. But but basically she said that Trump raped her. And yeah. and that and then that, you know, and, and then if you read about it, it seems like Junior was upset at his father because of the divorce. But I think it was because of the rape. I think I think that might have been it, but I don't know. Or both. I mean, the Maybe whole thing, both. It's, it's all very sad. It know? is. Um, except that I feel my sympathy is somehow missing for any of these people. Well, yeah, I don't um, have any sympathy either. None, none. They, I mean, they don't deserve about, it. Like the ripple effects of all of this. Yeah. Like, first of all, I think the election is now done. It's a, it's, it, yeah. I don't know what could possibly, uh, assuming that Biden is healthy and he does not right. test positive. That's the only thing that I could possibly imagine that would um, you know, make it, make the outcome uncertain, but assuming that everything stays the, the way that it is, you know, that's it. So I, I agree. Trump is in bad, probably in, in, in dire physical condition. And that seems to be, if you believe mm-hmm. <clears throat> Claudia Conway, mm-hmm. which every single thing that Claudia Conway has said has, has come out to be true, but yeah, exactly. her, her record is pretty good. Yeah. Um, somebody put on, somebody put on Twitter that, uh, she was like, if if Deep Throat, you know, had a TikTok, it was like, hey, yo, I'm Mark Felt. Here's the secrets. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I so, know. It's true that she, you know, I mean, she initially I always kind of take what she says with a grain of salt. But like you said, every time she yeah. says something, it pans out. So she is yeah. she is like our Deep Throat in a way. Yeah. Which is which is, again, also just apart from everything else. Sad. That is crazy. And right? sad. Yeah. We, and people are, well, she's a 15-year-old girl. Well, I have a 15-year-old boy at home, and he would be capable of knowing, capable right. of overhearing me and reporting on it. You know? Exactly. So it's not it's not crazy at all to think that that what she reported, which was that, oh, my God, the president's much worse than they're letting on, is accurate. Um, yeah. So Yeah, and we can see him grasping for breath. And also you, his insane tweeting. Like, ever since he's come back, his tweeting is, like, beyond 
It's we have not seen tweeting like this. He's on yeah, some crazy I, fucking rampage. To me, that's just it's just part of the like I don't even know why anybody's paying attention to him at all at this point. I mean, <laughs> if he, yesterday we were like, oh, the markets are are crashing because he said that they're not going to go negotiate anymore. He doesn't know what he's talking I about. Know. You're going to go by one dumbass tweet that this guy puts out. I mean, come on, markets, do do your job. Exactly. But you, but um, I mean, if you look at the totality of it, you know, like his whole feed, so many of it's in all caps. I mean, it's not that it's new. He's done this before, but it just seems now it's much more manic. He's, he's behaving. Yeah. It's like you said, he's, he's taken that Dex drug and he's all manic and he's, he's, uh, you know, going through whatever in his mind and he's tweeting out what he's thinking in his mind. And it's, it's just, it's insane. It's complete insanity. And then, well, and then just to switch the subject a little bit, and I want to talk about a political article. Article. I don't know if you saw it, but there's two things. Number one, did you see the new Rasmussen poll? I did. Oh, my God. So basically, Biden is at 52%, Trump is at 40 and the significance of that is Rasmussen is right-leaning. So yeah. for yeah. this, you know, this is, a, this is a big darn deal as Sarah Palin would say, and um, <laughs> big darn deal. And then, um, okay, so here's, I want to get into this. This was fascinating, an article on Politico, and it's called Four Funny Feelings About 2020. So I'm just going to go over the first three very quickly, which is one, Trump fatigue is peaking at the wrong time for Trump. Just basically what it sounds like. Everybody's so fucking sick and tired of him, and now he's yep. sick, and now it's even getting worse. So this is just like everybody's getting Trump fatigue right now before the election, so that doesn't help him. So then there's the silent majority in this election is not who you think it is. And whoever wrote this, I don't know his name. Anyway, was talking about people between the ages of 28 and 42 younger Gen Xers and older millennials. These are the people who don't pay attention to politics. They don't really care. They're, you know, focusing on families and building careers, but, and, and they're not really partisan or, or anything, but they're just fucking sick of Trump. They're just sick yeah. of him and they want him to shut up and they're going to vote because they're so sick of him. Um, here's one that doesn't sound great. And, and I'm not overly worried about it, but Three is that Democrats will regret placing so much emphasis on absentee voting. And the reason why is because absence, absentee voting is the most problematic. It has the most uh, ballots having to be returned because people didn't fill them out properly, didn't sign their name properly, whatever. So here it is. Here's uh, number four. I think this one's interesting. So Trump might lose women voters by numbers we've never seen. And it, and it says Trump has been briefed on it. Time and again by his team who warned him that the 2018 tw Democratic wave could repeat itself without course correction. But what we're seeing now in polling conducted by both parties isn't a wave. It isn't even a tsunami. It's something we don't have a name for because we've never <laughs> seen anything like it. The president is standing, uh, the president's standing with women voters of every race, every educational background, every socioeconomic stratum has fallen off. But when, but when it comes to the white college educated women who made up a sizable chunk of Trump's base, he won 44% of them against Hillary Clinton his numbers have collapsed entirely. So, I mean, I, I'm like I said, I'm slightly concerned about the ballot issue because I know people will make mistakes and then those ballots will not be counted. But I think that there is going to be such an overwhelming response and overwhelming, um, you know, uh, turnout uh, for, for, for people supporting Democrats because I think some of these people who are voting are not necessarily Democrats, they're independents, but they're voting for the Democrats. So I think there's going to be such an, a, a huge uh, turnout for Democrats that the 
the ballots, although it's, it could matter in states like Pennsylvania and, you know, and, and in those states that are, are, are up in the air. So, but I, I'm still going on. I think this is going to be, like he said, there's not even a name for it. It's just so massive. Is that what, I imagine that's what you're feeling. I think that, I, you know, none of us want to feel anything because we're all terrified because, <laughs> you know, as much as all signs point to that, we're not going to really relax until, exactly. until it happens. But right. with that caveat, first of all, I'm not worried about the absentee because I, I know we made a big deal about it with the post office yeah. and da da, da 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 But I mean, I don't know that how many people really actually did it. I think there's more people who are just voting early, which right. is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I, I'm not worried about that at all. I have said um, Reagan in 84 got 59% of the vote. Nixon in, in 1972 got 60% of the vote. I'm looking at Biden having those numbers. Hmm. If he doesn't get to that, those levels, I'll be surprised. I I think that, you know, the media likes to have their horse race, right? They want everybody to think that it's, it's, it's neck and neck and Mm -hmm. this and that. So whenever they release the polls, the margin of error is three or it's four Mm -hmm. or it's five. And they almost always give that to Trump to make, to make it closer. Mm -hmm. But the reality is the margin of error is probably going to be more towards Biden. So if it says Biden is up by 10 and the margin of error is five, he's up by 15. That's what I think. I think that the only way that we're going to get rid of this guy is to, is to vote him out in such massive numbers that the Russians can't do anything about it. The, 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 the bill bars bullshit can't do anything about it. And that we get rid of him once and for all. I think people know that. I think they're energized about it. And, um, I think it was Joe Walsh tweeted this two years ago. People are just sick of the guy. Mm-hmm. They're going to get rid of him because they're sick of him. At yes. the end of the day, and I think he's right. I think yeah. apart from all else, to not – on SNL this weekend, um, did you did you see that? When, I only when, saw the cold open. Yeah. I forgot it was even on. The, the, the cold open when he when he <laughs> muted or paused Trump talking. Oh, right. And he was like, that was isn't awesome. Nice? <laughs> and he said, isn't it nice to enjoy the Trumplessness? Yes. And that's the word, Trumplessness. Yeah. It was so funny. And yes, that's what we want. We want like a period of Trumplessness where we don't have to t- think about the guy, don't have to talk about the guy, don't have to react to his every tweet and this and that. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it pans out. Mm-hmm. Every, there's such a range of ways that this can pan out, starting with he's dead tomorrow. Yeah, know, know. We don't know, which would be the most ironic thing. It really was. Certainly. Like he, he denies the COVID, he mm-hmm. denies it, he denies it, and then he's dead of it. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, that's just O. Henry stuff, kind of. It's almost too obvious for O. Henry, actually. Exactly. But. <laughs> you know, I wanted to also bring up, I was looking last night to, I wanted to post on Twitter a blue map, just because I wanted to say it can happen. And I was looking through different things, and I found this article in the New York Times and listed different, you know, just different elections and what the map looked like. So I posted the 1964 uh, electoral map, and it was Johnson defeats Goldwater. And I mean, I think the Democrats got like 400 and some electoral votes. Yeah, 486 electoral votes. So that meant that Arizona was red, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina, and the rest of the map was blue. And the reason I was thinking about this, because I watched Beto O'Rourke last night. I don't know if you saw that interview, but first of all, it was funny because you could see his ironing board in the back, and I just thought that that's so cool. <laughs> anyway, so they were talking about Texas and Beto was talking about how, uh, and I don't know if I'm going to get this right. I don't know if I'm going to say this right. So please excuse me if I, if I screw it up, but you'll get the gist. But the gist is kind of like what you were just saying. If, if let's say Trump is like, it's much tighter than they're letting on. So if Trump is ahead five points or if Trump is ahead, you know, X points in Texas, that 
that Biden actually has a better, and I can't remember his, the way he said it, but it was that Biden is actually, it's an actual tighter race because, for instance, uh, last, in, in the midterms, whoever was running, let's say the Republican was up 11 points in the poll. And, and then he, and then he won. He only really won by two points. So he was mm-hmm. up eleven points in the poll, but he only really won by two points. So, therefore, Texas, even though some of the 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 senators who are there, not Ted Cruz, but whoever else, uh, senators, Cornyn, in, yeah, yeah um, that I mean, I think that he he's got a huge advantage. But Texans, right? I mean, if they don't allow. To be, you know, if they don't allow the state to intimidate them, because I know Greg Abbott was trying to make it was like one drop box for every county. And I think this judge overturned that idea. But either way, if you don't let the Texas Republicans intimidate you and you just insist and Texas could literally turn blue. And if it does, it's fucking game over. Trump loses without Texas. Doesn't matter. Not only does Trump lose, the the Republican Party is dead. Yes. That, That ends the Republican Party as we know it permanently yeah they'll have to reconfigure and figure something else out because if they can't it, yeah if texas is red yeah, you know if we get texas and florida and and these places it's it's not that's it and right now you know we want the senate too yeah. we don't just want exactly the White House. we need the senate i think we're going to get it um yeah me too i i think that you know lindsey graham might lose that, yeah. that i think today went into the toss-up column I think I, the people must be tired of him. Um, and Susan Collins is going to lose. Um, Nick Sally is going to lose in yeah. Arizona. Yeah. Um, Colorado guy is going to lose. Tom Tillis is going to lose. Tom Tillis and his COVID are going to lose. In North Carolina. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be okay. I, I don't know about Mitch. I think maybe he'll still be I around. I think he's unfortunately. But if we take the yeah. Senate, we, we really need to, you know, maybe think about not Schumer and somebody more I dynamic. Agree. Who's I gonna, totally agree use the power in a way that will uh, actually move stuff forward yeah. um, and, and push back on the criminality that's been infecting this entire country for these last four, not even four years for, you know, the last <laughs> really I since know. the civil war, yeah, it's, but certainly yeah. for the last four years, it's just gotten to be, you know, too much and needs to be, um, you know, addressed. But I don't know. I think we can do I, it. I try not to even pay that much attention to them. I just have a faith that things are going to work out yeah. in that way. And, you know, that's it. And it, it's interesting. We, we didn't talk about yet the, um, the nomination, the, the oh, Amy right. uh, Barrett nomination. Yeah. Amy COVID and, Barrett. Yeah, Amy COVID <laughs> Barrett. Um, you know, to, 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 to push that through and, and say, okay, well, you know, these things take time. At the best case, it takes 40 days or whatever mm-hmm. it is. There, there's really not that much time before the election. They're hurrying up about it. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted about it at that time before all the COVID stuff came out. And I said, um, you know, Mitch McConnell is basically like an elite quarterback running a two-minute drill. There's two minutes left. Mm-hmm. He's at, back at his own 20. He's got to score a touchdown to win. Probably he'll do it, but not necessarily. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's why they play the games, as Chris Berman used to say on ESPN. And now what happens? His entire O-line and all of his skill position players have COVID. So I don't know how they can even get that going. They can't vote. Well, we don't physically. know. Who, yeah, we don't know who's going to get it moving forward. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that, that whole thing freaks me out. I mean, I talked to... God, was it Terry Canefield? I, I don't remember which person it was that I, I spoke to recently. It might have been Glenn Kirshner. I don't know. But the idea of her actually getting on the court, that scares me. But 
oh, I, I'm just trying, can't remember who it was, but they were saying that if we win the Senate, whoever I was talking to on this show was saying that if, if Democrats win the Senate, especially in a big way, there's less like, she's less likely to strike down Obamacare. And I don't know if that's, I don't know. We'll see. But she really freaks me out. But I mean, how, how confident are you that Biden would expand the Supreme Court? I mean, obviously he's not talking about, which I think is good. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. First of all, it's, it's not necessarily about expanding. I think the, the reason that there are nine judges is because there used to be nine circuit courts. Now there are 13. Let's have 13 judges. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. You know, let's do that. That seems reasonable to me. There's definitely ways to do it. But you also have Brett Kavanaugh, who I am going to be working on after the election mm-hmm. project to really expose his, mm-hmm. um, you know, his his ties to his, his finances and this and that and and suggest that maybe he is not long for the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Um, so if something happens and he either is impeached or, or has to step down, um, you know, then it becomes a whole new ballgame. Right. Um, I am definitely in favor of adding judges. I don't think it's right to have, um, you know, the court not reflect where the country mm-hmm. is. I just think it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's not fair. It, it's not the will of the people. It, it's a minority of, of, you know, the senators represent a disproportionate minority putting in minority position um, into these into these very important uh, positions of power. It just, it's not right. Yeah. Um, if somebody, look, if somebody dies during the thing and that's the way the process works, then that's the way the process works. But um, if there were fairness, they would just say, let's put Merrick Garland on the court instead of Amy, uh, this lady and call it a day. Cause then that would tilt the scales and that would kind of be fair. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if this were like, if they were kids on the playground and I was the gym teacher, I'd be like, okay, Merrick Garland, you go there and then we're done. That will just you know crank right. it up and, and continue along because that would make it fair. Yes. But the problem is they're 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 bringing in these people who have really fishy backgrounds mm-hmm. who may be beholden to, to mm-hmm. I don't even know what dark money. Mm-hmm. It's not cool. I don't like I don't like Supreme Court justices to be bought, right. owned, and maybe they're not, but we don't know that. And it's it the fact that it's even a question is mm-hmm. not cool. They're not supposed to be partisan. That's not the way that it's supposed to work. I mean, even Gorsuch, I don't have a you know. Gorsuch, yeah. I think, is fine. I don't love his right. you know, politics. I know. Well, and he, yeah, he's, he, he's proven. He's clearly a qualified person to have yeah. that job. I don't want people that are, you know, compromised. That's all. Not, not so much to ask about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think it goes back to people. A lot of the MAGAs were freaking out because we were all upset about Kavanaugh. And it's like, well, we weren't, we weren't doing this to Gorsuch. Gorsuch, yeah, I mean, exactly. I think Democrats even voted for him. So, and, and we've seen that he's voted against trump so yes he has you know i mean i don't like him either it's just like roberts you know if they're going to go by the law then fine you know i mean i, I understand that they have a conservative slant but if they're just going to go by the law then then okay and you know do you trust that uh kavanaugh is going to go by the law do you trust that amy covid barrett's i'm going to call her that from now on thank you i'm going <laughs> to go by the law no i don't um and that's what's so scary but you know i wanted to ask you too did you see the comey rule I saw the Comey roll. In fact, I, I saw it. I was privileged enough to see a sneak preview of it. Oh, and I wrote, a, I wrote a review you. of it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, so I saw it twice, actually. I watched it wow. twice. Wow. So what, what, what was your review? Um, it's, it's a, it was really great. Mm-hmm. I, I was afraid going in because sometimes I'm like, ah, that guy's really going to play Trump and this mm-hmm. and this. And I really want to, you know, yeah. it could easily be not good. But it, right. was, it was really 
very yeah. well made. I thought so. You're in it right away, mm-hmm. like right from the gate. You're like, okay, I'm I'm in. Yeah, you know, I'm just in. And it tells the story really well. It hews to the timeline. It destroys some of the the disinformation that Trump and the GOP are trying to put out by sticking to the timeline, mm-hmm, right. such as they're, they're all about the steel dossier and the dossier, this and the dossier that. Yeah. And you know, that came in very late in the game. It never really did much in terms of the FBI, FBI's investigation. And they like to pretend that that was, you know, kind of a thing when it wasn't, mm-hmm. um, that it was financed by Hillary, which isn't true. Um, there's lots of things that they try to, to sell you, which are not true. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, I, I, some of the reviews are like, oh, this is a hay geography of Comey. And I'm like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. He, he fucked up. I wrote right. in my book that he fucked up and he did. And mm-hmm. there's no, you know, he did. And I watched the movie and I think, yeah, he made a mistake. He mm-hmm. should have, it should have been disclosed that they were investigating Trump. I agree. That's all he had to do. If, if he just says we have, we have investigation to open into both candidates. Yes. That's all he has to say. Then it neutralizes it. Mm-hmm. Nobody thinks about it again. Mm-hmm. It's almost like mutually assured destruction kind of thing. Yeah. And that's it. You well, know? and I think he um, did overthink it. I mean, I could understand when he was explaining his reasoning for wanting to announce that they were reopening the investigation into Hillary and why they wouldn't announce the investigation into the Russia Trump thing. I understood where he was coming from, but I agree with you. They had never done anything like that before. But you know what I thought was so fascinating about this was kind of like when when we're reading these books, you know, like I I haven't finished Cohen's book yet, which maybe one day I'll finally get to. But you're getting like the inside information. And I mean, we all see what we see and then we hear things and then we can put things together. But like these people are providing us with – the behind the scenes reactions and, you know, uh, so for instance, watching this guy play Trump, I mean, it took a minute cause he's got this scrunched up face and, mm-hmm. and, and, and Trump's face is not scrunched up. So it's like, it, you have to just kind of get over the fact that even though this guy kind of, he does a very good job of imitating the way Trump speaks and, and especially the way he holds his mouth and the sniffing and all of that. But I thought what was so fascinating is, you know, a couple different things. Number one, I noticed that Trump would always say, did you see that? Did you catch that? Did you see that? Did you see me do that? Or, you know, whatever it is that he wants people to take notice of, he will ask again and again, did, did you see that? Uh, did you see that person say that? And, and But most interestingly, he was fucking obsessed with the P-tape. Yes, and and yes. you know it's like I don't give a shit, and I don't think anyone at this point gives a shit about a P tape. You know, <laughs> back then maybe it would have been a big deal if something like that had would have been released, but it was so evident that he was guilty because he wouldn't let it go, and he kept spoiler here. He kept insisting that he was so concerned because he didn't want Melania to think it was true. That was yeah. his whole, you know, take on why he was obsessively asking Comey about this fucking P tape. But it just goes to show or it tells me, you know, I mean, Cohen wrote in his book that there was some urine situation in uh, Las Vegas. So it's it seems to be a thing with Trump. Like he's got this urine thing. So fine. It, I think it happened. I think it happened in Las Vegas and I think it happened in, in Russia. I, I wouldn't doubt it because he was so obsessed with it. But I thought that the guy who played Trump really gave me an insight 
to how Trump, because, you know, these were personal conversations with Comey and Trump, and it was the emphasis that he would put on certain words. And it was the it was the way that, you know, like every like every once in a while, Trump would say something to Comey and then they'd close up on Jeff Daniels as Comey and he'd have this look like, oh, fuck, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you yeah. know, I mean, how many times a day do people get that look on their face when Trump says something to them like, fuck, because he's just he is. I think he did a good job for me. You know, in fact, the movie W, I remember I was always like, so I understood that, that George W. Bush wasn't very smart and I understood everything I heard about him, but I just, I didn't know what he was like just to sit down and talk to him. I just, I couldn't picture it. And I thought the movie W did a fantastic job of showing him, of showing us who he really was. And, I think the same can be said about this guy who portrayed Trump. I think that he gave us that kind of like inside, if you were just alone with Trump listening to a conversation, this is how he is when the cameras are not on. And so I, that's why I thought it was really good. But I, yeah, I thought it was great. And then I also, you know, like what you said, you're in it right away because, you know, we were living this. I mean, of course, not everybody was paying such close attention as us, like the political junkies. But, you know, if you're paying any attention at all, you, it, it doesn't, it's not, it wasn't very long ago. You know, I mean, they're going over, they start off from the beginning and you're, you're like, oh my God, it's, and, and, and I really like that they use real news footage. So, you know, you yeah, yeah. see yeah. actual news reports with, you know, people you recognize and it just made it that much more, I don't know, eff like affecting, you know, it affected me. And I was like, oh my God. But yeah, I think everybody should watch it. I thought it was a fantastic film and, um, the guy who played Trump really impressed me for that reason. I just, I thought Brent, that he Brendan, was great. his name is Brendan Gleason. Okay. Um, the, the actor who played Trump. I, I described him or the performance as part Mar Marlon Brando and the Godfather and part Marlon Brando and apocalypse. Now <laughs> um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Brando in there in the way yeah. he talks. It's sort of like halfway between Brando and Trump, which yeah. is really interesting. Um, I, I told you I watched it twice. And the first time right. I watched it on my laptop, which I never do. Yeah. And I watched the whole thing, both parts in one sitting pretty much. Wow. And um, so because I was, you know, I was into it. And then it came out on Showtime and I watched it with my wife. And it was watching it with her was really fantastic <laughs> because every scene, especially the scene where Trump and Comey have that dinner. It oh, was like God. her reacting to a horror film. Exactly. I mean, she just, she had so many, you know, cries and exultations and laughs and oh my gods and this and that. Yeah. It was, it was really wonderful. Um, you know, from that, from an enjoyment, uh, entertainment standpoint, which is ultimately what, what you want out of a thing. It's, and I, we should stress that the movie, it's not work to watch that movie. No. It's a good, it's fun. The, the, the actors that come in just for these brief parts, mm -hmm. like TR Knight plays Reince Priebus and he's, he's amazing. <laughs> fantastic. Um, he's funny. The best part in the whole movie might have been when, when, uh, Holly Hunter is trying oh. to explain to McGann, Dan McGann, right. you know, why it's bad that Mike Flynn was yeah. doing what he did. And McGann just doesn't get it. And it's, it's, it's really, uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a great movie, but go, going back to the, the mentality of Trump and, and the whole thing, I'm reminded constantly of, I mean, the Simpsons in general, <laughs> and there's lots of different Simpsons about that. You can take on the sideshow Bob yeah. for mayor. One comes to mind. I, think <laughs> I wrote about that at the time, but there's one, there's the episode where um, Monty Burns starts to go crazy and he wants to build, it's like a Howard Hughes thing. He wants to build um, this super big airplane, which he calls the Spruce Moose. And he builds this replica of it. 
And he says at one point he's completely lost his mind, and he says to Smithers, "Come, Smithers, let's go. We'll take the spruce moose." And he and he motions for him to get into the scale model, and Smithers is like, uh, "But sir, I don't think that." And, and Burns takes out a gun and points it at him and says. I said, get in. <laughs> and then they just cut away and we never know what happens. And it's like, that's it. That's the fucking crazy where we're yeah. at right now. Like Trump is Mr. Burns telling Smithers to get into the spruce moose that objectively he can't sit inside of. Yeah. And holding a gun to his head to make him do it. It's, it's that level of crazy that we're at. Well, yeah. I um, mean, I anticipate that. I mean, okay. First of all, when the fuck is the New York times going to release the other part of the story? I supposedly, well, there were, was a sec- there was a second part where they talk about the debts. I mean, the $430 million that he owes. Right. And the, when did that come whatever, down? Not the debts, the, the, the profits made from, from the apprentice and where they went and this and that. Um, it, it's, you know, I, I think the media has, they do such a great job of, 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 you know, figuring this that are exposing certain things mm-hmm. and they do such a bad job of, of kind of the overview and explaining why it's bad. Mm, right. You know, okay. So tr- people, somebody might say, well, Trump is in debt. So what? It's smart of him to da 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 da. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't want the leader of the country to be like half a billion dollars in debt to some weird foreign government mm-hmm. because it gives the government control over him. Right. Leverage. Yeah. That's why, that's why Jared Kushner never got his security clearances because his company owed so much money because he had so many weird ties with like um, Netanyahu mm-hmm. and with the Saudis and all this kind of stuff that they couldn't, they couldn't know for sure that the guy wasn't easy to compromise. Yeah. That's why. And there's never, they never talk about that. It's like, maybe they assume people just can figure it out, but they should we never. need people to, you know, we need people to, to start talking about these things. Like they're real, like mm-hmm. they're threats because they are, I, I don't understand it. I mean, yeah. yeah, the, the, the tax story is $750. That's it. That's the number you paid $750. <laughs> And if it was normal and this COVID thing hadn't happened, we would still be talking about it. Mm-hmm. And that number would be like Mitt Romney's 27% yes, right, or right, whatever right, that right. was when he, you know, made that comment to his rich uh, donors that the guy videotaped and that cost him the election. Well, it, it seems, though, that regardless, you know, whether the New York Times ever has any more information for us, if they're done, they're done. But it, like, for instance, Carly, Fi- OK, Fiorina. Yeah. Yeah. She went on Fox Today and, and endorsed Biden, which she had already said, I think, back in June that she was going to vote for Biden. But of course, because she said it on Fox, they're all freaking out about it. You know, but I, I think I'm guessing that I think there's going to be more or at least I hope I should say I hope there's just going to be more October surprises that are not good for Trump. You know, well, I mean, I don't well, know if it's one of whistleblowers. Them could be, uh, w, speaking of W. Oh, right. Um, yeah. He, he, he could endorse Biden. I've heard people kind of, you know, lobbying for it yeah. on Twitter. I don't, I don't know how this stuff works necessarily, but I think if he did it, it mm-hmm. would be. It, it, if Cheney, if he and Cheney jointly, yes, did it, that would be Cheney. pretty devastating. I don't know that 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 would ever happen. No, I mean, I don't know either. You know, are are are, are you know, d- demons from different circles of hell allowed to go against each other? <laughs> I don't know quite how it works. So but, true. Um, you know, I'll say as, as horrible as those guys were, I'll say this about them. I don't think that when they were doing what they were doing, they really were, you know, were opposed to American interests. I think that when Bush went to Iraq, there was a million reasons not mm-hmm. to. Anybody else would have seen how obvious they were. Mm-hmm. But I really do believe that he felt that was the best thing to do for yeah. us. 
you know, he was wrong, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't question his motive in doing it. Right. Cheney, maybe, but Bush, no. Right. Cheney. And yeah. Cheney's the, that's Darth Vader. the difference between this president and every other mm-hmm. president we've had yeah. is that his motive is about him, his wealth, his, this, and that. even, even his comments since getting COVID, he's never like talked about all the people he's infected. He's never said, I'm so sad for my you know, all these people that were around me, I feel bad for this person. My wife. Person. Yeah. His wife has it. And he I mean, never talks about Melania. Thing is, it. Hey, there's the proud boys are out there waving their MAGA <laughs> flags, their Trump flags. I'm going to go give them a surprise and say hi to them. And it's like, dude, this is no longer a reality show. You're not on a reality show anymore. I mean, one Mark of those, Burnett yeah, it's not involved in one of those videos. I can't remember his stupid wording, but it was just something like nobody's ever been this concerned before. Nobody's ever whatever. You know, he's always like he's always having to prove that he's the best of everything. And I do kind of fear that he's going to die because I don't want him to die before the election. I, I don't think that would be good for America. And I'm not saying I want him to die because like I know that there are people who say uh, because I've tweeted that I'd much rather see him suffer in prison for the rest of his life. And they're like, you're nicer yeah. than I am. I'm like, really? No, because. If I had the choice as a 74-year-old man with COVID <laughs> to uh, go to prison for the rest of my life or die, I think I might just choose death because I don't think yeah, I'd want to spend yeah. my life in prison, especially as Trump. So I don't really think I'm being nicer than you if I'm wishing him to suffer in prison. But still, I, I mean, it's like I don't, I don't, I have a hard time. Like I can't wish for people to die, and it's not because I'm trying to say, oh, I'm such a loving and moral person. It's it's just hard for me to do that. I feel wrong to say that. So it's I, like, I agree, but you know, the thing of it is, no amount of rooting interest for by you or me or anyone is going to determine the outcome. No, it, it will absolutely either, not. It, right, as Trump himself said, it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. I will have no sympathy, and if he dies. I will just think, well, you you got what you deserved. Uh, but I but I think that it would be better for the country to if he stays alive on such a so many levels. I mean, I think if he were to die right now, oh my god! I mean, we would be talk. I mean, we've already been abused now for all this time by yeah. him and his administration, and then for him to die, the country would go into shock. The world would go into shock. I know the Republicans would lose their fucking minds and try to scramble and cheat as best as... I mean, they're doing it anyway, but I think it yeah. would even be more so, and I think it would send this election into such a un, you know uncomfortable, frenzied mess. Yeah, I agree. And so it's like, I'd much rather him, if he's, if he's gonna... If, if COVID is gonna claim him, I hope that it claims him after the election, uh, which would be the optimum time to do it. Uh, God, if you're listening, but, um, you know, I, I think that, I think that I just, I I don't know. I don't, I don't want him to die, but I feel like we're in, I mean, it was 27 days now. These are going to, and 27 days and then just providing he beats this and he, he lives then the fucking lame duck session is just going to be more nightmarish. God only knows right. what he's going to do in a lame duck session. That that's the thing that I mean, you know. I wrote in in, in my on my prevail site over the weekend about him dying and mm-hmm. the COVID, and I said I yeah you know, like you. I don't want him to die. I want him to live. I want him to witness the humiliation of yes. losing big. I want him to to fear the indictments dropping. Mm-hmm. I want him. I want him to watch as all of his assets are stripped away, mm-hmm. and as the world laughs at him. I want him to understand how much people fucking hate his guts. <laughs> you know, uh, when when there's no longer people around protecting him. I mm-hmm. want all of that. But, you know, if 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 uh, if the good Lord believes in his heart that it's time, who am I to doubt the will <laughs> of God? You know, who am That's, I to doubt the Lord? 
Yeah, you know, I <laughs> moves in mysterious ways, and uh, I will not shed a tear. I, I don't. I no. don't know how I would react. Uh, I think tactically, if it happens, the later the better. Right. You know, two two weeks out, it would be very hard for them to regroup in any way with right. the vice president, comma, and who is also the the leader of the corona virus mm-hmm, task force mm-hmm. in the white house good job mike pence <laughs> i mean that guy is just I, I i i'm very very curious to see what happens tonight with uh with the debate between him and, and kamala harris mm-hmm. if in fact it happens i i don't know i, I i'm worried about her getting in a room with I know. him i'm very um, concerned about that and he is you know he's he is a debate guy I mean, he uh-huh. was on the debate team in high school he was on yeah. the debate team in college he was a radio host he's going to lie he's going mm-hmm. to look calm he's going to sound like he knows what he's talking about so it's it's not going to be as easy as maybe people think mm-hmm. but on the other hand i mean god and then it's her though it's her visible yeah. But it's her. She's yeah. so fucking good at it. I mean, it's like, I know. That's I like, know. this is right up her alley, man. She's, I mean, she's a prosecutor. So, I mean, yeah. he's on the debate team, but she's a prosecutor and she's fucking badass. And there's just, I mean, I think she's going, I, I think, you know, I think it's like every other debate. The Republicans are going to claim that he won and we're going to claim that she won. But the bottom line are the people who are not you know, in that corner, it's like, what do they think? And it's all the independents and it's all the people who are just now starting to pay attention. I think it's, I think it's going to be clear that Kamala wins this debate just because she's going to stick to the facts and hopefully she won't let him get away. I, I, there was an article that I did not read, but I saw come down the feed that said something like, uh, something about debating with Trump. I mean, I'm sorry, debating with Pence. He lies a lot. Just ask Tim Kaine. And so I, you know, this is clearly, she's going to be prepared for this. And I like how she's like when she was talking to Barr and asking him, you know, did you ever what was that question that she asked him about? Uh, did you did anybody ever talk to you about um, ending? I was like ending the Comey invest. I mean, ending the Mueller investigation or something, whatever it was. But yeah. And then could, she lets him talk and then she goes, so no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's no, perfect. She did, she, she dismantled Barr. She dismantled Sessions. Mm-hmm. She dismantled Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. And now she's got she's going to dismantle. But I, I I don't even know what they can, you know. And, and again, I know I know Tim Kaine. I've worked with Tim Kaine. Kamala Harris is no Tim Kaine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, she's she's uh yeah. No, she, it, she's she's a gonna, fucking it, badass. She, she she should just you know wipe the floor with this guy. Yeah, and and just keep keep it back on his record. Like, yeah. what's your record, dude? You're the Corona Task Force guy. Yeah, exactly. And what's happening? Just bring it back to that the whole time. Why haven't you done anything? The president is insane right now. We don't know anything about his health. He's tweeting like mm-hmm, a madman. Mm-hmm. Why are you even here? Why aren't you there 25th Amendmenting this guy <laughs> if you're such a leader? Yeah. That's what I would say. But oh, my God. That would be awesome. Than me, so she'll figure it out. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, it's sure to be fun tonight. This is going to definitely be a, be a popcorn evening. Um but I know uh, you are on a time constraint, so I want to say thank you for coming on the show. Again, of course, I'm going to invite you back because you are a fun guest and I love your takes. Uh, so thank you. And, you know, here, here's to us being right about this because I do think Biden is going to win. I think it's going to be a pretty decent landslide. And I, I'm just hoping that, you know, we all can survive this and not have to deal with like a war with North Korea in the interim. 
<laughs> you know, I oh, I think I think we'll, I think we'll be okay with. It. I, I think once he's out and once they know yeah. he's gone, I think it's going to collapse really. It's going to be like the circus packing up and getting out of town. Right. You know. Right, the right, next right, thing you right. know, there'll be an empty field with a bunch of like you know wrappers strewn around. <laughs> uh, no masks though, just rappers. no masks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Greg. Well, why don't you tell everybody where to find you? Okay, uh, you can go to my Twitter page, which is my name, Greg Oliar, O-L-E-A-R, um, and you can find me at Prevail. If you just go to Google and type in my name and the word Prevail, as in win, you can read my Substack, which is published every Tuesday and every Friday. Awesome. Well, I'm going to put those two links, as I always do, in the Patreon description of the show. And all right, well, I, I'm sure the next time we talk, it will be when uh, Biden won. So. Good. You know, <laughs> next year, Jerusalem, as they say. Right? Uh, yes. Well, you take care and you stay safe. Thanks for having me. Appreciate take care. It. Bye-bye. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I just want to get back to that dream for a minute that I had because I did. I don't remember like the month, but I do remember it so very well. And when I think of it, I can see it vividly to this day. And that that dream was in 2015. I'm going to say I don't know, maybe it was like April of 2015, March, something like that. As I said, it really freaked me out because I thought it meant that somebody, you know, I loved was going to die. And then all these years I've been going back to that dream and I just kept thinking, okay, well, Trump won and the GOP is crazy. So maybe this is GOP is going to die. But I, I, I don't know, man. I saw a fucking elephant head gasping for breath in my living room and then dying. A big giant head, no body, which was interesting. I don't, you know, for all I know, that could mean that only the head dies and the body stays alive, which is the GOP, but I can't imagine. So we'll see what happens. But I just thought that was so weird. You know, I don't have psychic dreams. I, I really never have. So, I mean, I've had moments in my life where I believe that I had a premonition. You know, I know I had a premonition in one particular, and I'll just explain this one real quick. It was 1993, and my grandmother gave me a ring. And I remember I was in her car. I think I've told this story before because I, I've had two premonitions in the backseat of my grandparents' car. This was the second one. But I put the ring on and I, I had this absolute knowledge. It wasn't, it wasn't like a hope or a desire. It was just this thought that kind of bombarded my head. And it was very strong that I was going to meet a guy. And I can't really remember how it came to me, except there was just this knowledge that made me feel immediately what, because I wanted a boyfriend. So I really, really, really wanted a boyfriend. And I just felt like it was going to happen. Like it was really, it, it wasn't this frenzied, oh, I want one. So I hope this is true. It was just like, yeah, it's going to happen. And then I promptly forgot about it. And the funny thing about this whole story is that, okay, so this was on June 5th. I remember because it was we, it was a day we celebrated my grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary, which was actually on the 4th, but we celebrated it on the 5th. So that was on June 5th, and it was a Saturday. Three weeks later, on, on that Friday, I remember I wanted to go to, uh, it was called The Cat and the Fiddle. It was a bar in, in, in Los Angeles. And The Cat and the Fiddle was notorious for carding you. If you didn't have a card, you know, your, your driver's license, you couldn't go in. So I had decided on that Friday for some reason, that I wanted to go to the cat and fiddle. I had to go, I had to go, I had to go, I had to go. And I, I called my friends. No one was available. It was last minute. And I thought, well, I'm just going to go by myself. I'm just going to go alone. So as, you know, I mean, I don't know what time it was, but it was like seven, something like seven at night. And I was supposed to be getting ready to go. And 
I don't remember the details of this other than that I just had realized I couldn't find my driver's license. And I was a bit of a slob back then. <laughs> so it wasn't that, um, you know, I mean, it wasn't that far off to think that I could lose something like that. I don't know. You know, I had a wallet, which I kept my driver's license in, but still, I couldn't find my driver's license. And I thought, well, that's it. I can't go. So that was that. So I go to bed that night, Friday night, and I think, oh, wait a minute. My, my purse was near the trash and the bathroom was on the counter right above the trash can. Maybe somehow my driver's license fell out into the trash. So I look in the trash and lo and behold, there's my license. And I'm like, well, I'm going to the cat and fiddle tomorrow. So here we come. It's Saturday. Same deal. I have to go. I'm like, move to go. And I can't find anyone to go. And then finally, at the last minute, my mom and our, our family friend, Steve, who was actually staying with us at the time, um, decided to go. But here, here's what's really crazy, too. Earlier that day, I was going to work. I was living with my mom at the time. And I was going to work. And I was, I was a fragrance model, which meant that I didn't work for the department store, but I worked for the perfume company. And I would go to various department stores, and I would just sample fragrance. So I was working that day in Lakewood, which I knew. My, my girlfriend um, in high school lived in Lakewood, so I knew Lakewood pretty well. And before I left, Steve said to me something like, oh, maybe you'll find your, the love of your life. And I looked at him like, and I'm like, in Lakewood? I don't think so. <laughs> so anyway, cut to it's Saturday night, and we're all going to go to the Cat and Fiddle. And I, I can't describe... What I, I remember everything that I was wearing and everything. But anyway, I can't describe the feeling that I have other than just to say I felt a little anxious and as if I was anticipating something, but I didn't realize I was anticipating something. And so we got there and we sat, there was this bench, like if you're going to walk in to the left, all the way back to the left, it was just like this big garden. It was awesome. It was, it was, it was uh, English pub and on the inside it was kind of ick but on the outside it was this whole garden area with tables and a fountain and lights in the trees and ivy climbing up the walls it was so cool anyway so we find you know it's rare to find when you're going to go to a bar in Los Angeles it's rare to find seating but we found this bench and we sit down and immediately I'm kind of like disassociated from my mom and Steve who were talking and I was there and I was talking to them but I was not really paying attention and I was just like looking around. And again, I wasn't looking for something like I wasn't consciously looking for something because I can look back on myself and remember my you know actions. I was just kind of like looking around. I don't know, like I wasn't conscious, but I was doing it. And then all of a sudden there he was. He was he's six, six. And he he I saw only his back. And I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding you a freaking lightning bolt like hit me and my life changed at that moment. It literally changed. I became obsessed with this person. I'm not going to say his name. Obviously I'll just call him what Chris I'll call him Chris. So I see this guy and I was like, I don't know. It just, I knew, I knew something. So I'm obsessing and I'm staring at him and I point him out to my mom and I point him out to Steve and I don't do anything about it. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, oh, my God, blah, 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 and I just won't shut up about it. So at some point, I mean, he's with his friends and it looked as if he was going to leave. And I remember my mother said to me, oh, too bad for you. He's going to walk out of your life forever. And it was almost like that was echoing in my head in slow motion as she said it. But then right as he was passing the entrance, 
he, they, they turned and they stayed and they went and sat down at the fountain. So eventually I, I, you know, I met him and guess where he was from? Lakewood. And basically with this story, that was very, 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 very long story. Uh, I was obsessed with him forever. I think for like eight years. And I, I, I just, I never, he was kind of my boyfriend, but he had to move to another country for his work. So we had a long distance relationship for over a year and obviously it didn't work out. And then I never, I didn't let it go. I, I kind of on some level understood he wasn't really the right person for me, but for some reason I could, I needed him to want me. And I, I don't know. It was just this whole thing anyway, but I felt him coming. I felt it. So, you know, that was, and, and the other funny thing was, uh, I think when I was 12 and my brother was being born literally like at that moment, my grandparents were, we were driving to the hospital because we had gotten the word my stepmother was having my brother and we were almost there and I just blurted out, it's a boy. And there was no way for me to know this. I just said it. And then it was so weird because right around the time that I said it was around the time my brother was born and it was a boy. <laughs> so, I, so two times I had uh, these psychic experiences, I guess, you know, or premonitions or whatever. And so I look at this dream and I feel like, I think this was a, a prescient dream. I think that, I think this is going to happen. It's not like I'm all excited about it or anything. I kind of, I don't really like, I don't want to have these kind of dreams or, you know, say, I don't want to know if someone's going to die. I don't want to know. Even if it's someone I hate, I don't want to know because that's weird. And you think about it a lot, you know, it's just like you think about it and it won't, it just won't leave your mind anyway. So that's, that's that with my, my psychic abilities. Uh, okay. So that's going to be it. I don't know what's going to happen tonight. I think we're going to have a fun night, hopefully. And Jesus, I don't like the fact that Kamala is so close to him, but I think she is going to wipe the floor with him. This should be an exciting debate and it won't be like the weird debate that we just watched with Trump. So that's good. Anyway, I, I hope you guys, uh, <laughs> just stay sane during all of this. It's crazy time, so just try to be as sane as you possibly can and stay safe out there. We will see you tomorrow when I talk to Steph. Bye-bye. <laughs>